Welcome back after a two-week hiatus to the Write Write Podcast, your weekly pep talk on living the writing life. My name is Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today we're going to be talking about fighting distractions, which I will go ahead and blame our two-week absence on. Uh, I was distracted and therefore nothing happened. Um, And for that, I do apologize, dear friends. But the gist of this episode is that we live in a world of distraction because... uh, we have devices, we have a very active world, everything is connected all the time. Um, and what's strange about that is that we are often, we often struggle to do the work that we enjoy doing or do the work that we care about doing because we're distracted by so much. Um, and we have to sort of corral ourselves. We have to figure out techniques for keeping ourselves in line. Um, and so what we're going to be talking today about today is how we do that, how we fight our distractions. Um, and I think... I mean, I'm I'm still learning. To be honest, I've been talking to my therapist about it a lot lately because I've been really struggling with getting up in the morning because my the first thing I do, for instance, in the morning is I immediately look at my phone and then I end up just being in bed on my phone for like 20 minutes at least. Um, so anyway, so I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys now and ask uh, about your battle with distractions uh, and how each of you copes with it. Uh, I guess I can start. Um, I tend to be pretty productive, however, um, so like I don't really get distracted by social media and notifications on my phone because I have most things turned off and I have a Facebook that's so bare and minimum that nothing happens. Uh, but because I have so many things I'm doing at once, I do little bits and pieces all over the place. And so I really not, I feel I'm not productive enough because I'm not finishing things because I'll work on one project for like a day and then the next day I'll move on to a different project next day I'll move on to a different project and I've got like a dozen things in the air um so my problem with product with distraction is that I bounce between too many things and I lose my focus all the time that's really Um, interesting uh just sorry to interrupt but just briefly like so many people uh can think about distraction as the things that prevent you from actually working. And what you're saying is that your distraction is that you're working on too many things at once and they're mm-hmm. each taking away from each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause, uh, I write under a few different pen names. So I've usually got a few projects on the go at once. Um, I have a full-time day job. Uh, I do some editing with the company here and then like I also do some publishing with some other authors uh, so, like, I'm all over the place, and so I'm working on trying to get myself a little bit better focus. And then on top of all of that, I mean, there's life, which happens. Even if I'm not distracted by my phone, there's other distractions of course, uh, that come up now and then. That's really interesting. Sorry to interrupt, John. Go ahead. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I, I was just going to my problem with distraction is more my phone. Like, I was able to identify... Like, one thing I realized with distraction is it's it's a work in progress. You're always sort of trying to optimize how you work, right? And so for me, I've been all over the map. I mean, I've been to the extremes where I've just tried to be 100% productive, and that's just not realistic. So what I what I really have tried to do is look at where the biggest time wasters are, and I found for me uh, my tendency when I'm in doing something that requires focus and I'm not really like I have days where my my brain is all over the place I have good days and I have bad days and when my brain is all over the place I find it hard staying focused on one thing 
especially if it's something I'm not that excited about or, or like kind of have to power through, like whether it's editing or like like any anything where you're doing using your head, and that's a lot of the work that I do. I'm just sitting in a chair staring at a computer, so it's so easy to just for me get up and check my phone. Like that's kind of like my little way of breathing. So I use an app called Forest, which grow it sort of grows like a tree on your phone. And it, that's what, if you try to pick your phone up and do anything with it, um, it'll kill the tree. It doesn't work for everyone because some people don't care if they kill a tree. But for me, it works just because when I pick the phone up, it reminds me, all right, I'm supposed to be focusing right it now. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little, it, it, that's all I need. Because, I mean, I can catch myself and realize I'm being distracted. But sometimes it's after I've dived into Facebook and got involved in mess like catching up on messages and like it's a lot of times it's subconscious i don't even realize i've done it until yeah. i catch myself so that's that's tough um the other one that i have learned to do is keep my um browser windows to a minimum like i don't leave it's like i use the slack app for communication and the thing about slack is like it's a great way to communicate and i have so i'll go in and i'll it's like if I go in and I have to message somebody because it's related to the work I'm doing right now, I'll do the message and I'll tell them, okay, I'm, I'm off now. Close the window. Um, if I leave that open, I find the, the notifications. And the same would go with Facebook and anything, anything else, like live messaging. It just it pulls me in. It makes me feel like, oh, i got to go and check that out, um, even if I'm trying to ignore it. So, so those two things help a lot. Um, it's not perfect, but it definitely, I'd say my productivity doubles or triples. And that's not really saying anything impressive because like I would say without that, my effectiveness in a day can be like 10, 15%. Yeah. So when I say double or triple, I mean, I'm getting closer to, <laughs> but even that like doubling, I don't know. Uh, that reminds me of something from the 2k to 10k book where, uh, Rachel Aaron says, look, not, it, 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 I'm not saying that you have to write 10,000 words a day. I'm saying you can double your count. Like if your count is 500 and you go to a thousand, that's great. Yeah. Um, so if you're doubling your productivity, that's doubling your productivity. That's nothing yeah. to sneeze at, you know? Uh, yeah. you know, we've talked about forest before and I've also mentioned an app that I have that I keep forgetting to use, which is just a perfect example of the irony of all this, uh, called focus that on, a, on my Mac, uh, will literally disable apps and, uh, and in websites, um, and there's a mode that uh, cannot be turned back off until the time has elapsed. Um, if you're really that hardcore, you can uh, set this app to like shut down everything but your writing program for uh, you know 25 minutes or an hour or two hours or four hours or whatever, and then literally nothing like nothing you can do, save some serious terminal hacking, uh, will bring it back. The reason why we keep talking about this in different episodes and in different contexts is because it's a persistent problem. Um, so I, I should have done a little more research, but one of the things that I thought we could dig into this time is to talk a little about a little bit about what distraction is and what multitasking is and sort of like why we think we can do so much at once when in reality we can't. Um, like our devices, our, our web browsers, everything is designed to to stimulate us in many different areas at once. But a lot of research has shown that multitasking is like a total myth. Um, and that every time you do get distracted, it takes you at least 25 minutes to get back to where you were before in terms of your level of focus. Um, 
And I wonder about like sort of like the neurological component of distraction that has to do with that pleasure that we get from flitting between things or addressing notifications or communicating in this way, because like we are all, all of us so vulnerable to this thing. Um, I, I just, I wonder why that is. Um, I wonder what it is about our brains or about our, our instincts that is being hacked by our devices essentially, uh, to keep us from being able to pay attention to one thing. Um, because what I've had to start doing and I've, I've really been lapsing in my, in my, in my, uh, efforts here is, uh, when I, when I was getting home for a few weeks, I was actually just leaving my phone in another room. I was taking off my, my connected devices and leaving them elsewhere and then bringing my work, uh, to a different place and turning off the internet there. Um, and that was helpful, but I've sort of fell back into the habit of, you know, constantly having my phone open and playing a game or checking messages or just loading the same websites over and over again. Like the, the, that feeling of, uh, you mentioned it, John, that, that, um, you don't even know when it happens, right? Like you're, you can't even keep track of that moment when you switched from being, from focusing to opening Facebook. I often lean toward blaming myself entirely for distraction, but I think a lot of the structures that we exist in now are designed to grab our attention and distract us. You know, infinitely scrolling web pages, notifications, the different colors that they use, uh, the types of interactions, vibrating, like so many things that our devices do to let us know that stuff is happening um, are designed to get our attention. Um, so I wonder about developing a strategy to avoid distraction in a world and in a technological uh, era whose purpose appears to be to distract us. One thing that's coming to mind as you're talking about this, something I did like the very beginning when I started trying to break free of some of the distractions that were just killing me. Um, I took my phone. I spent almost a whole afternoon with it. I went through app by app and manually disabled the notifications and customized what I needed. I even, my phone no longer rings. It's, uh, it, unless I have the ringer on and it doesn't ring, it vibrates. So um, the way I see it is, I mean, if there's something urgent, I mean, the phone is designed that if someone phones you twice in a row, then you, it's, it will actually go to ring no matter what. But there's no emergencies. Uh, I, I, Especially Facebook was the worst because I find the Facebook app, it piles up the notifications that come in. As soon as I turned that off, just that alone changed my whole orientation to my phone because every time I see a number, I feel like I've missed something. And I, I, I'm not sure, this is, this is speculative, but I'm pretty, you know, I, I feel like whoever designs these apps and the phones, they design them. They, they, they have people on the team, I'm sure, that understand human psychology and how to hook people and, and you know even just the way the vibrations happen the the specific notifications i'm sure it's not an arbitrary sound there must i'm sure there's optimization that goes into making you feel like hey i have to listen to this thing it's this is neat i'm going to check it out so so a big thing for me is was getting free of that and it took time because there's no the like i you know the iphone i don't know how it is with other devices but i know the iphone it's kind of it comes with everything working a certain way, so you have to manually go in and hack it. 
Uh, and it's not a difficult hack. You just you have to intentionally one by one, pain in the butt, disable things and turn off what you think is not important. Um, for me, the only thing that's important on my phone is text messages because I don't get a lot of them. So when there's a text message, it means someone's trying to someone I know is trying to tell me something, and that's not that distracting. I don't even have the numbers on for my email inbox. I have to go into the app so that that way checking email is a deliberate task. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that when I turn the phone on, I see I've missed all these emails. That's another bad mm -hmm. one. So, yeah, that that helped a lot. And just going through and and disabling the apps on the phone itself. Yeah, speaking of iPhone, uh, I wanted to reference an article that I saw in Medium the other day uh, with a very clickbaity headline that is, uh, this one weird trick will save your attention span. Um, but the gist of the article, and I'll link it, I'll link to it in, uh, on the website in the liner notes, um, the, the gist is you take all of your applications and you put them in a single folder. And on the iPhone, that means that that folder is clunky, very difficult to navigate, and super inconvenient. The second thing you do is you put that folder on a second page so that when you unlock your phone, the page is blank. So this person has phone, messages, and a web browser in their dock, and then nothing else on the, on the home screen when you, when you open your phone. Um, and what, what, what the article gets to is that um, because it's really difficult to navigate that folder, you end up using the search feature on your phone, which means that every time you access an app, you have a conscious decision about that. It's not a notification that's blurring at you. It's not, um, it's not you know, something that's vibrating at you. It's literally you being like, I need to use this thing. And as a result, you end up deleting a ton of your apps uh, because you've realized that you're not using most of them. Uh, you have to decide which app you want to use before you use it, then actively search for it, then you get to it. Um, and so this person says that, you know, uh, one of the things that I really like... Um, and, and I'll just read from it briefly. Uh, there's a section here where uh, the headline is, or I suppose it would be the subhead, is, uh, but doesn't this kill the fun of a phone? And the answer to that is yes, and I'm okay with that because uh, I make more calls now, mostly to my lovely wife, who I forgot how much I enjoy talking to because messaging is out of reach. I use my camera because my phone is returned to being about creation and not consumption. I spend more time hanging out with my son instead of looking at notifications because it turns out that there are way more exciting things happening off screen and... And this is a really important thing. Messages still get answered. Emails still get read. It's this, this, this notion of immediacy is uh, he sort of subverts it by removing access, removing immediate access to all of his applications. Um, I thought this was super clever, and I've sort of taken the first step by turning off almost all of my notifications and moving all of my apps to a second screen. Uh, but I really do think it's time for me to commit to that really inconvenient, to like making my cell phone more inconvenient so that I have to be more conscious about the way I use it. Um, so I'll link to that in the liner notes because what's interesting is that these devices are so sophisticated, but we have to break down the way that they are intended to be used in order to take our lives back from them. Um, mm -hmm. And for, for just another, another interesting tidbit in related in relation to the iPhone thing, um, the next iteration of, of iOS, iOS 11, uh, they've built in a feature that will turn off notifications and all interactivity on your phone when you're driving because the phones are so distracted that they cannot keep people from using them when they drive. So now my iPhone, when I'm driving, not only will I not get notifications, it will send text messages to people who text me that say I'm driving and I won't get your text automatically. 
Um, so as soon as my phone exceeds a certain speed, it does not do anything. Um, which I think is great. And it's amazing that they had, you know, basically a decade to figure that out. Yeah. Um, it seems so basic now, but they had no idea the impact they were going to have to the point where they had to design a new feature that would disable it. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, what, what It's like, wow, I guess we really are that bad. Um, but uh, so I want to I talk a little bit more about your personal experiences. Uh, how do you keep track of the things that distract you? Um, is there, like, you know, we've talked about sort of that, that moment of being, like, unsure of when it was that you became distracted. How do you track those things? How do you uh, try to develop an awareness of those things? Um, John just pointed at me, so I guess I'm going to answer. Um, for me, the big thing was Facebook. Um, and to kind of tie it into what you two have been talking about, there's that, uh, I think the abbreviation in young people lingo is FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. that the big thing for me like i would spend hours on facebook just scrolling through the feed like reloading checking the pages that i like to laugh at like hours and hours and it occurred to me it, sorry it occurred to me after a while that i didn't do a single meaningful thing like i liked a bunch of people's statuses but does that even matter probably not like, I looked at vacation photos from someone I went to high school with. Does that matter? It doesn't. So, like, I had to recognize that I was being affected by this fear of missing out and that I actually wasn't missing out on anything. And anything that's important can wait. Like, there's very few things that are important and urgent. Um, so, like, as soon as I realized that, like, I deleted 95% of my Facebook friends um, turned off all notifications, and I deleted the app from my phone. So, like, if you want to reach me on Facebook, you probably, like, I won't get it until I log in, and I don't log in that often because I've made Facebook uninteresting. Like, I don't like going on Facebook because there's nothing to do on it anymore because I have no friends, um, as depressing as that sounds, but it's also liberating. I downloaded uh, a, a browser extension for Chrome uh, that disables the newsfeed. It replaces it with a quote. Uh, oh, it just like there is no newsfeed. So now when I log into Facebook, I get a couple notifications and there's just nothing to look at, uh, which is really cool. I also don't have it on my phone, um, which has been very helpful. Uh, uh, speaking of browser extensions, I use FB Purity um, and it lets you customize how Facebook shows up. You can delete the newsfeed. You can delete trending topics. You can oh. delete suggested friends like it lets you control everything. And the big thing for me was actually trending topics because I don't really care about the trending topics, but I get bored. I see them, I click on them, and then I see like the whole internet arguing over things that don't matter to me, and it just drives me to distraction. It makes me upset sometimes. If mm -hmm. It's something that really bothers me. So that was the first thing I deleted with FB Purity was the trending topics, so I can't be distracted by it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I will. I'll link to to these extensions and to the Forest app and to the Focus app and everything that we've talked about in the, in the liner notes, because this is the kind of thing that's really important to share because um, we like collectively as, as people entering our uh, like middle adulthoods are struggling with this thing where we're like, Oh my God. Are... Sometimes I wonder at myself, like how I made it this far when I'm just so 
scatterbrained. Um, you know, I've been... Uh, the thing I've been struggling with most, I might have brought this up earlier in the episode, or perhaps I brought it up uh, prior to our uh, recording session beginning, but the thing that I have the most trouble with right now is getting up in the morning because the first thing I reach for is my alarm clock, which is my phone. And then I have my phone in my hand first thing, and oops, there's a, you know, there's the whole, you know, day on the Eastern Hemisphere to catch up on. And I've been having a really hard time going from waking up to getting out of bed. It usually takes me a period of like an hour to to make that transition um, because I just get trapped in my phone. Uh, so maybe it's getting another alarm clock. Maybe it's putting my, like I put my phone across the room a while back uh, and tried that, but I found that eventually I would just walk my phone back to my bed and then get into bed. Like I'm so weak <laughs> that I would just do that. <laughs> um, I, I, could share something that I do because I have the same problem. If I go on my phone, even just to check one thing, I'm glued on there. Or mm -hmm. the, I might I might get off, but it's a, it's a trap. So what I've done, because I use the Forest app a lot, um, I I mean for me with my schedule, I can I can afford a two hour block. Like what happens, I get up at about four forty five, mm -hmm. and if my alarm goes off, the very first thing I do when I hit the screen. To turn the alarm off is I plant a tree, it's, it's, and then the phone is is like nuked for two hours. Like I can't do. I mean, I'd have to kill the tree, but for me, I have to. It's kind of like the the psychology behind moving your apps off the screen. You're making a deliberate choice, mm -hmm. whereas the problem is it's because it's so automatic that you need something to like at, sit, to to show you that hey, I'm I'm choosing to say screw it. I'm using my phone and I don't care, right? Whereas normally that's not what's happening. You're just unconscious of it. It's yeah. like a like a familiar habit. So I find for me that helps. The thing about forest is you can set the tree however long you want. And I I try to get off my phone before bed as well. So in the evening I have a um, two-hour period where it's the phone is gone. And I, I set that before I go to bed. And then uh, so that way in the morning I just have to tap tap it. I don't have to go and select the length of time for the tree or oh, anything. Interesting. So that it's the last app that was open when you go to bed. So when yeah. you wake up and turn off your alarm, it's the first thing that opens as well. That's right, because the forest app stays open. Like, it's not actually running. It'll only be running while it's growing the tree. But when it's done, the app is still there. So when you, when you open your phone, like from your alarm clock, that app is there. And it tells, it tells you your tree has, has grown. That's from the previous night. So I tap OK. And then there's a, a screen to grow the second one, and you just hit plant, and that's, that's it. That. For me, that's defined a really strong kind of morning ritual where, I mean, I spend the morning reading, and I, I kind of have a little bit of a routine where it's all things I'm actively doing, so getting ready for the day. And by the time that tree's grown, it's like quarter to seven, and I'm out the door um, heading off to a coffee shop. And then when I write, I grow another two-hour tree. Um, I try not to go on any notifications after that, but that's the thing. If there's some communication that needs to happen, like uh, if I have to, if I know I have to communicate with some people and get something balls rolling for the day, I might do that. But otherwise, like I don't, I don't go into my phone and check emails or go into social media and check apps. Even if I got text messages, if they're not critical, I just leave them unread and I get to them after writing time is over because for me those are like my when i'm done my writing 
then it's sort of like the day can kind of flow uh, into some other things. I mean, I get into work mode, but I'm not as not as segregated. Whereas I find uh, if I if I start the day in distraction, the rest of the day will decay much faster. Yeah, totally. It's hard to pull yourself out of that pit. Um, yeah. We are a bit over time, but it was a good discussion, and I think it's worth uh, worth the extra time. Um, so we have a book recommendation uh, for you, and this is one John just read, or just heard. I just listened to, yeah. Um, maybe in a future future episode, we can we can reference the app. There's an app I listen to that summarizes books, and so today it just so happened that the book they picked for me was Cal Newport's Deep Work. Um, that it's basically what we just talked about, uh, although he goes more in depth. And, and it's the principle of when you're doing focused work, you need to remove distraction. And, and that's not even just like professional work. You can, in the evening, it, it's important to set aside personal time. Um, you know, like get away from your phone so that you can deliberately do activities that are meaningful, spending time with family or maybe working on some hobbies or, you know, like those sorts of things. So, so it's just, it, he kind of goes in depth and analyzes the different ways we can work. And it's not all just, you have to separate yourself from the world. Like he has a few different approaches to it. So I think it'd be a great follow up to everything we discussed. Today. Awesome. I, uh, incidentally, I've had that book on, on my to read list and on my bedside table for like a few months, but I haven't picked it up because I've been distracted. So so that is my ironic observation for the day. Um, I'll put up Cal Newport's deep work on the liner notes as well as all those apps and uh, articles that we mentioned. Um, thank you both for joining me as always. Thank you listeners for joining us. Uh, we, sorry, we are sorry for distracting you as long as we have. Uh, now get back to work. Bye-bye.